1: It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with...
2: Ellen Dapa. And
1: coming up over the next 90 minutes, Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources Act staff with a directive for the halting of mining operations in a forest reserve in the western region. But there's a demand for the prosecution of the officials of that company. Would that happen? There's a question here on Eyewitness News tonight. Also coming up... It's a final day of the re-registration of SIM cards, but following the loud silence of the National Communications Authority, NCA, on the issue, we ask if the blocking of the cards will happen, or the regulator will quake under pressure. And later, on Eyewitness News, ECG extends work hours into the weekend, as customers continue to struggle for prepaid do stay with 97.3 CTF for more on that and many other stories here on Eyewitness News. And in business...
3: Importers and Exporters Association of Ghana hints of a likely spike in the prices of goods in the country due to government's upward adjustment of port duty dollar rates.
1: That's in 50 minutes with Michael ogbodu of the City Business Desk. Eyewitness News is live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations, including Tumpani Radio, 88.5 FM in Nardoli, Rikas 92.1 FM in Bongo, Namo, North Star Radio 92.1 in Tamale, Nobia FM 98.1 in Nalirigu, Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi, Focus 94.3 FM in Kumasi, Orange 107.9 FM also in Kumasi, and in the Volta region on Sela Radio 97.1 FM in Dabala, and Holi 98.5 FM in Aflau. Let us know what you make of the stories we are bringing you. WhatsApp number is 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. Send your messages and the world will hear what you think. Let's settle for details of our stories. And the first one has to do with the fight against illegal mining. And our big story tonight is a statement by the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources. And it says... The attention of the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources has been drawn to a publication or publications about certain operations by Akunta Mining Limited in the Tano Nimri Forest Reserve in the Amenfi West Municipality of the Western Region. Records available to the Ministry show that while Akunta Mining Limited has a mining lease to undertake mining operations in some parts of Samreboy outside a forest reserve, the company has no mineral right. To undertake any mining operations in the Tano Nimri Forest Reserve. Our records show that Akunta Mining Limited on twenty fifth August 2022 applied for a mining lease to undertake mining operations in the said forest reserve. By ministerial directive, all reconnaissance, prospecting and all exploratory activities in the forest reserves in the country are suspended except in exceptional circumstances. Although this directive does not affect mining in forest reserves, Akunta Mining Limited's application has not been determined. Accordingly, any alleged activity being undertaken by the company in the forest reserve is illegal. The Honourable Minister for Lands and Natural Resources has therefore directed the Forestry Commission to forthwith ensure that the company does not carry out any operation in the forest and to take the necessary action against any person found culpable in this matter. The Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources remains committed to the fight against illegal mining with integrity and transparency and assures the general public that it will continue to work with the relevant agencies and all stakeholders to come to grips with this age-old galamsey menace. So that's on uh, Kunta Mines. Now, the issue is that this company was engaging in mining activities without the appropriate license and the directive you've had there is that the Forestry Commission should ensure that it halts. But it should not end there, at least that's the view of Occupy Ghana. There's a letter that the group has written to the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, Samuel Abdullah Ijinapur, and it says, Just two days ago, on 28th September 2022, we wrote an open letter to the President to ensure that law, namely the Minerals and Mining Act 2006, Act 703, as amended is enforced without fear and favor, and irrespective of whose ox is gold. Today, we have seen a press release from your ministry stating that you have directed the Forestry Commission to halt the mining operations of a company called Akunta Mining Limited in the Tanonimri Forest Reserve. You state that the basis for this directive is that the said company is undertaking the mining operations without a mining lease, which we have attached a copy of. While congratulating you on this step, we would be taken aback if that was all you did. If the company is engaged in the activities that you have alleged, then it is committing an offense that is punishable by fines and prison terms between 15 and 25 years. Specifically, Section 992A of Act 703 provides that a person who, without a license granted by the minister, undertakes a mining operation contrary to a provision of this Act commits an offense and is liable on summary conviction to a fine of not less than 10,000 penalty units and not more than 15,000 penalty units, and to a term of imprisonment of not less than 15 years and not more than 25 years. The company's directors and officers would also be culpable because under Section 1071A of the Act, that's Act 703, where an offence is committed under this Act and the regulations made under this Act by a body of persons in the case of a body corporate, each director or an officer of the body shall also be considered to have committed the offense. We therefore demand that you forthwith refer the facts and evidence in your possession that show that the said mining companies undertaking mining operations in breach of the act to the police and the attorney general for further investigations and prosecution of the company and its directors and officers. We are copying the Attorney General, Inspector General Police Minerals Commission, the Forestry Commission on this letter and demanding that it take immediate steps to enforce the law, yours in the service of God and country, Occupy Ghana, and that's the statement. And it's uh, released this afternoon following the earlier release by the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources. Now, while all of this is happening, the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, Samuel Abdullah Jinapo, is on a tour of the Ashanti region where he's engaging various stakeholders, including chiefs, on the fight against illegal mining. He is on that tour with a Deputy Minister for Information, Fatih Bakar, who joins us on the line. Madam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News.
4: Thank you, Omaru. Thanks for having me this
1: evening. Great. Um, Tell us about this tour of yours in the the region, what key things or major highlights there are that you can share with us.
4: Okay, thank you very much and good evening to your listeners. Uh, Yesterday, I had the opportunity to join... The, a delegation from the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources led by the Honourable Minister, Honourable Abu Dhanapur and his two deputies, uh, Honourable Benito Ushubiu, and also Honourable Merkuduka to the Amanse South District. So, basically, there is a security task force in that district that is trying to clear the area of illegal mining. So it was very important that it gets the kind of uh, executive backing and encouragement. And also for the minister to see first hand uh, the situation on the ground and also interact with some members of the community. The highlights really has to do with the level of distraction. You know, uh, a lot of hectic. Uh, I was overwhelmed. I say sometimes it's very important to go to the ground and see what is happening. I know the minister at the Ministry of Land and his deputies, they have been on such routine uh, visits to some of the mining communities. But uh, for myself in particular, this is my first time going deep in the forest to see what is actually happening on the ground. It is very important to stress that the Ministry of Land and Natural Resources had already rolled out some programs. Uh, which intend to resolve this issue of illegal mining. Among other things, uh, what they seek to do is to make sure mining is done, but it is done sustainably, and those within the communities who wish to engage in small-scale mining are guided, they are taught, and also equipped to do it the proper way, so that uh, some of our natural resources can be saved, and also we can protect the environment. So they don't want people uh, mining in water bodies or mining uh, in such proximity to water bodies that they are polluted and also within forest reserves. So what we did was to, you know, go there, see the level of what the security agencies have been doing. They have been able to clear some hectares, a very vast area. We witnessed uh, burning of some equipment. They had already seen some... Excavators to the best of my knowledge, they mentioned eleven excavators and some that were uh, were stuck that they were unable to move, which had to be sent. but most importantly, for the minister as part of his routine check to see what is happening on the ground uh, it was also a very important um, visit because he also gets to he gets to interact with the youth of the communities and they expressed interest in joining the community mining program, which had been ruled out in other districts. the uh, fact that the traditional authority there, the assembly, and other stakeholders, including the Mineral Commission, are able to guide them and also equip them to do it the proper way. So that is, in a nutshell, what I can say about uh, the visit yesterday. It-, it was just hard to see the level of devastation but I also have to reiterate the minister's words that uh, the, the work is being done and they are ongoing. But if it has to do with just sending the security personnel to the ground, they will clear the places and they will clear the waters. We will start seeing improvement. But the moment that the operations are, are concluded or when they end, if you don't get the full cooperation and support of the community, traditional authorities, security agencies the the minerals commission officers in the district the uh, MMDCE, every stakeholder within the mining community, then the moment uh, the operations team are evacuated then people will go back to store the work that has been done already so it is also very important that the minister to the opportunity to also sensitize community members visit some schools visit some to interact with the community. And most importantly, to listen to the youth of some of these communities and, you know, discuss with them the community mining program, the alternative livelihood program, and what they also think can be done in the communities that will, you know, stop the destruction of the environment and restore the, 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 the landscape and also make sure they are able to earn a living by doing it in a sustainable and regulated way.
1: Now, for the people who are engaged in this illegal mining, it is a source of livelihood for them. Clearly, they will not be happy with the decision to stop them from engaging in that exercise. Did you meet any resistance from any quarters when you went around?
4: You know, by the time we got to the site, you know, I mentioned that we went to the site, some sites, in the forest and we also went to the actual community you know when we got to the site the security personnel the military men were already there so they had already done the operation they had already seized the excavators so we didn't get the opportunity to see the illegal miners on field on site what we witnessed was what had been done the destruction to 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 the land that was what we witnessed and also uh, first hand account by the commander in charge of the, uh, the command that is leading the operation. But when we went into the community where well, we saw a lot of young men, a lot of them in tens or hundreds, uh, very, very populated communities, and then we started interacting with them, the ministry, uh, officials, the minister himself, his deputies, Everyone on the trip, including journalists, reporters, randomly engage people in informal conversations. And then uh, on the side, some people say, oh, I, wh- now you brought the security to spoil our work. Then we use the opportunity to educate them that, you know what, you can't look at the devastation that has been caused. You are living in this community. It will get to a time you won't even get water to drink. It will get to a time we have to do this. When you start educating them, then they say, "Okay, but we don't know how to do the do it the proper way. How should we go about it?" Then it opens up a channel for us to engage in uh, productive conversations, exchange contacts. You know, get some lead members or at the ministry to also sustain uh, interactions between, uh, between the community members and also the stakeholders beyond the visits that the minister. And delegation, the DSPD. No, so I, I was I was very happy to be part, but it, it was just sad to see the level of devastation.
1: You keep repeating the level of devastation. How did the water bodies look like when, when you saw them?
4: The place that we went to, when we did not really necessarily see water bodies, but the the depth of the dugout. You know, you go to the site. In the middle of nowhere, I don't know what was there before, whether there were farms or or forests, but the dugouts are into maybe 100 feet or more. So these were like deep, deep, deep pits. And you know, when you see some of these pits running into hectares, uh, no one will tell you the amount of work that has been done in the And also, you know that even some of the community members were alluding to the fact that Sometimes, on the on the way, you realize that some of the areas that they were mining, that were stopped long time ago, vegetation is restoring. The place is getting greener. There are spots that you will see that, oh, okay, some work happened here, but it is not as bare as it used to be in the past. But these other places, if you see the dugout, it will tell you that unless the place is reclaimed, it should take us a lot of years. And I asked from some of the technical people who were with us on the team, and they said unless these areas are reclaimed, it can take up to 50 or 100 years to restore the, the the place to its original state. So it was just the number of pits and how vast the land was, not necessarily along water bodies. So I mean, people can fall into those pits and die. Some of the community members mentioned that. Oh, some of our guys were. You know, when they see that there is an operation and they are running, some people even know where they can fall in and die. Some also go there to mine. We see it on TV all the time. But it feels different to actually go on field and see how vast the areas are and also how bad it, it was. And I was happy about the fact that the minister did so many things in a day, but most importantly, he listened to the community members. For me, that was the highlight of of the talk me, The fact that he listened to them, he paid attention, they took feedback, so that whatever policy direction or program that they are rolling out will incorporate the practical things. I know researchers have been on the ground. A lot of people bring information from the field. We have uh, officials from the Minerals Commission, EPA, and other things, other places giving accounts of what is happening in the mining communities. But uh, I think it is important that you listen to the people. And I was happy that some of them were willing to embrace alternative livelihood programs. Some of them were willing to embrace community mining. And, you know, one thing I was also happy about is the fact that the ministry and other stakeholders are able to put up a scheme, an award program to, Reward those who are into small-scale miners who are into best practices. And this year, they awarded them with one gold catcher, uh, which is the mercury-free mining device at the cost of $120,000. And for the various communities that they introduced this community mining program, they give them that mercury-free gold catcher, which was launched earlier this year by the Minerals Commission. So it was... I think the conversation has been put in, you know, a better context for me just by visiting the sites. And I will encourage that uh, uh, some of you who are really deeply involved in this kind of conversation will visit some of the sites uh, so that we get more insight. And also see what it means to the communities and why they are engaged in this kind of venture.
1: Very well. Which other regions are you targeting or the Ashanti region is just the main place and then you'll be back?
4: The ministry the ministry is doing a lot of stakeholder engagement, And, you know, that is not my original, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, my, the scope of my work is not necessarily following the um, Lands and Natural Resources Ministry on their rounds. But it is important that we took this first step. I know my minister has also joined them previously on some other talks. So, I will just follow the itinerary as and when they bring out yesterday was Ashanti region as and when they bring out their program. Uh, we are interested in following the stories and getting more context uh, as they seek to improve the environment.
1: Thank you so much uh, for speaking to us. As the Honorable Fati Abubakar, she is Deputy Minister for Information. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And when we come back, We have more uh, on on this issue of illegal mining, and uh, there's a reaction from the military. We'll be hearing that, as well as the media coalition against Galamsey. Please stay.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag Eyewitness News.
1: You're welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFMLN.
2: Military officers deployed to clamp down on illegal mining activities say it is always difficult to arrest persons behind the activities because of information leaks. The officers lament how community members relay information on seeing military personnel and illegal miners end up fleeing the sites and leaving behind their equipment. The commanding officer for the Central Command Brigade, Brigadier General Joseph Afour, made the remarks when the Lands and Natural Resources Minister visited some illegal mining sites in the Amancia South Municipality.
1: We'll be hearing that soundbite shortly, but first let's go to Kenneth Ashigbe, engineer Kenneth Ashigbe. He is leader of the Media Coalition Against Illegal Mining. You're welcome to Eyewitness News, sir. Thank you very much, Rupiah. Now, the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources has issued a press release announcing that it has directed the Forestry Commission to withdraw or halt the activities of a company known as Akuntab Mining. You are applauding that. Now, Occupy Ghana thinks that beyond the halting, there should be prosecution. Let's hear what your perspectives are.
5: Oh, well, it's as if Occupy Ghana had read my mind, you know, because uh, beyond applauding the first step that the minister has taken, uh, the minister talks about the fact that that's an, an illegality has been occasioned. And if an illegality has been occasioned, the company that is involved after mining should be held responsible for the illegality. They should be prosecuted. Um, and so, uh, you know, we know that the minerals of mining are of upon mining without a license. We also know that, you know, where they are mining is, the, the, is a red zone where they are not supposed to be mining in there. Uh, and so uh, the expectation is that um, the minister, who now will be the complainant, should get in touch with the attorney general and to the police, so that immediately um, the company would be, uh, you know, uh, investigated and, um, you know, the right prosecution take place. But the interesting thing is that the checks that I we have done, you know, uh, shows that the company is owned by. Uh, two people, there's Bernard inchibu uh, and then Kwame Um Bernard boe is, uh, both of them, Kwame they are both directors, they are both subscribers, they are both beneficiary owners of this particular company. And you need to know that one of them is a politically exposed person. So this Bernard inchibu is the same as the uh, Asante Regional uh, uh, MPP chairperson. Then he's serving the president directly in the back. This is the president that has actually taken his political career against illegal mining. And then you, a chairman of his party, one of the regional chairmen, you are involved in this brazen illegality, and then you compel the, uh, how do you call it, the land ministry to issue a statement. And I think for me, that is just the first step. We need to be seeing in the coming days an arrest. And I think that these two, their alter egos, of this company, and they also have to be held vicariously responsible uh, and liable for the damage that have been done. You know, we should, as media coalition and as the media, we should be seeking for the court to pierce the veil and hold them vicariously responsible for, for what has happened, because definitely they are alter egos, so far as this company is concerned.
1: So the minister has uh, asked for the activities to be halted. But you also want Chairman Wuntumi and other directors of this company uh, prosecuted. That's who, that's who
5: for, okay, so, so the
1: two directors, including Chairman Wuntumi, to, to be prosecuted. Yes. And, and this is not because of his political side of things, but because the law says so, isn't it? Okay, you see,
5: so for me, it doesn't matter whether it is Kenneth Ashide or Mauro uh, or Bernadette Kibweza who it is involved. Oh. The most important thing is that we should stop this spider. Paradigm, which we use, uh, where the small flies are the only web uh, one that the uh, the web uh, catches, and the big flies then tends to fall uh, through the, the web. It is the same challenge we had with Aisha Wang when he was arrested, and uh, uh, the Attorney General went to South and only prosecuted. So for me, the fact that the minister has established without doubt, and I have ample evidence, you know, including drone footage that this are counter mining, mining limited were directly in the, uh, the, 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 forest reserve. And now we've also established without doubt that this person who is supposed to be having the president is back is also one and his colleague, uh, Kwame Eifi, are the people who are behind the company that are responsible for this. I think we really want to solve the problem of Galante, which is because it is a very, uh, affluent, uh, very, Rich uh, people, the very connected people who are behind it. And this is a very good example for the president. If he actually wants us to stop this, then we need to start seeing as quickly as possible, uh, you know, an arrest of the uh, this, uh, the people behind this company, those who, have, who were involved in the uh, particular activity. And when that is done, for me, when this case goes to court, we definitely need to pay as the veil. If we can establish that they had direct, you know, they knew. What the company was doing, and they did not stop it as directors. Then they also have vicarious responsibility, and that is an angle that, for me, I would follow up with what Occupy Ghana is doing, and I would urge the media that this is, we need to start again our campaign of collecting uh, petitions to ensure that you know the right thing is done. Otherwise, the situation that we find ourselves in, where our forests is being destroyed, where our water bodies are being polluted where kidney disease are on the rise, where our cocoa, you know, currently before you export cocoa to Japan, you know, you have to go undergo vigorous tests. where the European Union is threatening, you know, to ban our cocoa, where we know for a fact that those who are importing gold are recording higher volumes than we were exporting it. The net, you know, the next effect of this is that we are being raped, and we cannot have somebody who is close to the president stab the president in the back of this bar. And we need to make sure that the right things are done so that it's not as safe if you are connected, you are not. Right. So, it is very important that in this particular case, we do all that it is to make sure, like the case of Aisha, that justice is done for this particular country.
1: It appears that the more we fight Galamse, Galaxy keeps fighting back. I don't know if you saw the video uh, from a community in the Eastern region yesterday where. Policemen. Well, we are told policemen did not fire, but there were members of a task force, an environmental task force from the uh, uh palace, and these were involved in open shooting in a community which was resisting the movement of an excavator. At least that's a story from the official dome side of things. Do you reckon we can really fight this? Oh, I think that, uh, Omaro, the
5: term is mightier than the sword. And, um, you know, if you notice, all of this thing is beginning to happen again when the media, you know, has reached into this particular fight. Again, this is what is bringing the fight to the fore. So it is very important that as a media, we focus on this particular issue, make sure that, that is not one of the issues that as media, we ought to be fighting for audiences about all of us coming together. This is not one of the things that media would say we want to be objective. This is a point where the media needs to stand for Ghana because our survival is very much at stake. And for me, it is unacceptable that uh, you know we will have people from any other groups, any vigilance group apart from the the police and the military. We definitely really need the traditional leaders, authorities to be part of the fight. But if you you know that there's an illegality, you need to go with the police. You need to, uh, at the police if they are overwhelmed, should be able to bring in the police. So that together with them they will be able to do this. Because when we start getting vigilantes to do this, already with all the insecurities surrounding our uh, sub region, you know, we will just be breeding the ground for you know something we don't want to touch. And it's not only the easy region that it happened. Even in this particular case of a uh, uh mining, you know, there was gunshots. Again, in some way, when the, the people of the community decided that they were going to resist. Uh, you know uh, uh the, the the people of akota mining from entering uh the forest reserve to go and mine because they were destroying the forest that you know uh is a source of their of their livelihood it is the reason why officialdom needs to come in and say that enough is enough and make sure that no matter who is involved whose ass is god we need to make sure that that person feels that the, the law so i'm hoping that We'll be hearing the president talk the same way he said about Aisha Wan. We'll be hearing the attorney general also speak up about this particular issue that the people who are behind a contaminating, mining, who have been involved in mining in a forest reserve, that the minister for land and natural resources, the minister who is in charge for that particular ministry, has declared that, that an illegality has gone on, that these people should also be sanctioned. It is very, it's going to be very, very important. We need to take a leaf from the book of Lee Kuan Yew. who punished one of his ministers, who even just traveled, you know, on the ticket of some private person, and the text that he got was too much. But the time he came, he has lost his job, and then you know, he was jailed. Because of that, any no minister in Lin Kuan Yew's government would even attend that. That is what I pray that the minister would the president would do. For this gentleman who if it's you know, if he's actually part, you know, he's he was directly involved in what was happening his company was doing, then he stopped the president in the
0: back
1: very well, uh, before you go let me just let you quickly wear your other hat and have a quick conversation about our sim cards uh, there was a threat that it would be disconnected by tonight if we do not re-register I have, but there are many others who have not, what happens to them tonight uh, you are the, the telcos we
5: will have to speak to the NCA. You know, the NCA is the regulator uh, who is directly involved in the management of this particular exercise. So, I'm sure the NCA will be the best person to tell you what happened. The, the direction we had, you know, uh, the last time I checked, you know, the last direction we had as you rightly put was uh, the end of this month. But I'm sure we been in uh, various engagements with the, the NCA with the ministry talking about the difficulties that are involved. But the, uh, the NCA would be the right uh, channels to be able to
1: address this issue. So currently, there's no direct communication to you, the telcos, that says, tonight terminate the SIM cards. Do, do you have, w- what are you working with? Are you working with that directive or there's been a change of plan? I just want to know what happens to your plugs tonight. Would they be switched no, so off? Or? I think that
5: the most important thing at this stage is that the decision uh, that we all have taken is that the MPO uh, will lead the communication, external communication, so far as uh, this particular exercise is concerned. So I would uh, respect that 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 uh, decision, and I would direct you that you speak to the NCA, and I'm pretty sure that they would give us what direct the directives uh, uh, in terms of what happens next.
1: Very well, thank you so much. The NCA is refusing to pick our calls, though. But thank you so much for for sharing your views with you. that. I don't know if they, maybe you've terminated the SIM card of the NCA communicators, but they are not picking their <laughs> calls. <laughs> I'm sure if you try, you
5: definitely get to speak to
1: them. We'll keep trying. Thank you so much. That's Ken Ashikbe, his CEO of the Chamber of Telecommunication, also the leader of the Media Coalition Against Illegal Mining. And let me just say at this point that the National Communications Authority has not been responding to our calls. Um, we'll be hearing from someone at George, a, a member of Parliament for Ningoprampram, uh, who spoke to us on Prime News this afternoon. But before then, let's return to that story that Ellen was giving to us, and uh, it has to do uh, with illegal mining. Uh, military officers who were deployed to clamp down on illegal mining uh, say that it is always difficult to arrest persons behind the activities because of information leaks. The officers lament how community members relay information on seeing military personnel and illegal miners and end up fleeing the site and leaving behind their Equipment. Let's listen to the commanding officer for the Central Command, Brigadier General Joseph Apo, who is speaking during a meeting uh, with the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources in the Amancia South Municipality of the Ashanti region.
6: Uh, we did this operation just uh, on a uh, Monday. And as you are aware, military operations, we will normally plan before we do the operations. We come on reconnaissance, sometimes once, twice, just to confirm locations. And sometimes... The Mayoral Commission also gives us coordinates and the areas that they think are so bad. So, uh, like, we've done it a couple of times, but it it appears it has to be sustained. So from the directions from the uh, Honourable Minister, we did this operation on on Monday, and we are still continuing. But the interviews that we've had with citizens and locals within this catchment area tells us that their livelihoods, particularly their water, and their farms have been devastated. So I believe that the war against the environment... Will be won, and I know with the assurance from the honourable minister, we will actually succeed. Of course, but it has to be sustained, and I believe you will ensure that we sustain this operation. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. A very a- you know, how many um, excavators did you see? I think we see about how I many six six, 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 and, five, and, and then five. We have uh,
3: at,
6: uh, at where? Kutukum. At Koto okay. six, six at
3: where? Six years.
6: Six years at Datano here, uh-huh. and then five at Kotokrum. We've been about two or three. Those that were not, we couldn't move. Uh, we had to uh, bend them, and then I think that has been the instructions of have Yeah. And how many arrests? Arrests? How many do arrests? Arrest? Yeah, we didn't make any arrest. arrests at all. Most of the times, you, you don't even get them when you before you come. The information is gone. So as for the excavators, we can easily get them because they cannot run. Mm. So, but the human the, the when They see us, people coming. They, 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 they all vamoose. As for the uh, Chinese, we haven't had one. I think they are so witty and critical, that we don't even get them. But mm-hmm. sometimes we get a few of them who collaborate with some of these uh, Ghana State people to do this operation. Oh.
1: That's Brigadier General Joseph Apo. He is the commanding officer for the Central Command of the Ghana Armed Forces. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. When we return, we'll talk about your SIM cards and whether or not you lose them by tonight in DAS if you have failed to register them.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News. On Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag eyewitness news.
1: You welcome back to eyewitness news on 97.3 CTFM. Let's talk about the connection of your sim card to your Ghana card now, shall we, Ellen?
2: Now there's growing frustration among some customers of MTN as they race to get their SIM cards registered in time to beat today's deadline for the SIM re-registration exercise. The frustrations of these subscribers are due to a delay in the registration process, owing to network problems at the offices of MTN. Some subscribers at the Circle branch of the company spoke to City News. Here for re-registration, I came here this morning around nine o'clock. And right now, it's almost 12. And what they keep saying is the network is not working. That's why we are here. I was a little bit busy, but throughout this week... I've been going to different centers. There, yesterday, I went to Accra and they were complaining about the same thing. So, uh, in the evening too, I went to my area, which is on 8. I went there and he also was complaining about the network. So, this morning, around 7 something, I went there to check if the network is working, but he kept complaining that it's still the same. So, I decided to come to the office. And when I came here too, it's still the same here. Yesterday, I went to the Mall. You know, there is an FK's they couldn't do it for me because they were saying a lot of things, so they had to come here. Very bad since yesterday. Very, very bad. And what 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 kills me is they won't tell you anything. You will just be sitting and be sitting and be sitting. So you yourself, if you are not, you you won't. If you don't get up and ask something, nobody is telling you anything. You will sit to the whole day. Because what they did to me yesterday at Chimota, it, it, it resulted into a very hot argument over there. Wasn't just me even with other men and some people. Those were some customers of MTN registering their concerns on the failure or their inability to re-register their SIM cards. Let's go
1: to the Ashanti region and speak to our correspondent Hafiz Tijani who has also been moving around uh, speaking to customers. Hafiz, what's the reaction from people as the deadline strikes?
7: So the concerns for customers in the Greater Accra region is not different from those in the Ashanti region and people are defying the long queues and the network challenges to uh beat the deadline for today for them they have suffered enough of the sanctions by the NCA and they don't want to be victims of uh, people whose SIM cards have been blocked and it's even raining in kumasi right now and people are still queuing at the centres. When I was living there before coming on air ride now, now, uh, people were still coming in to the various centres to have their SIM cards uh, registered. registered. For many, uh, the delay was due to the uh, issuance of the Ghana card or the acquisition of the Ghana card. Some of them said they had issues with their Ghana card, they had to go back to the NI offices to have them rectified and that caused the delay. Others said they applied for the Ghana card, they couldn't get the Ghana card on time. Some of them had theirs just today and they have to go to the various registration centers to have the SIM card re-registered. So these were some of the concerns people have been raising when I went to some of the centres.
1: What that means is that the centres have still not closed, because we know they usually would close around, is it 4 or 5 p.m.? It means they are going to continue throughout the night to service all the people in the queues. Do you, do you get that indication?
7: Exactly, because no one had told the customers that they were going to stop registering at this time, they only really admitted them into the queue, and uh, people who were coming, they were told to join the queue, and the registration will move on. But what delayed or what is delayed in the process is a network challenge that people are uh, the uh, subs- uh, the telcos are uh, grappling with. But the network was not so stable, so people were being saved, then others were being delayed because of the network. But they said they were going to wait until their cars are re-registered.
1: Thank you so much. Hafiz Tijani is our correspondent in the Ashanti region. On on the City Prime News this afternoon, we called up Member of Parliament for uh, Ningo Pram Pram, who is a member of the Communications Committee of Parliament, Samonati George. He has been a strong critic of the NCA since this issue of registration and the deadline came up, let's listen to some of the issues he had to raise on this matter.
8: That so-called deadline should be disregarded and treated with the contempt that it deserves. The minister has no power to is, is, institute deadlines for deactivating SIM cards. On what basis is she registering the SIM cards in the first place? What law gives her the power to do re registration? Yes, we all agree that there is a the need for us to re-register in cards, but there is no law that empowers her to do that. And even when you read the law, she claims empowers her to do that. And she refers to section seven of LI two one one one, that same LI in regulation seven, sorry regulation nine, of that same LI, thinks how registration that are biometric has been done. And Regulation 93 says that the device to use to do the registration must be gazetted by the National Identification Authority. And that gazette will specify the technical requirements of that device. Is that Agamemnica complies with that? Is illegally collecting biometric data of citizens in violation of the laws of this country? we well, properly the, the Minister of be facing criminal charges for her actions.
6: So what would be your next line of action um
8: Well, we have supported individual citizens to file the first case in court, um, which will be held on the 6th of October um, for the on interlocutory injunction. The substantive case will be held on the 13th of October, I know that by, by next week, there's a court action that should be going to court as well. I know there are other cases that will also be going to court. We're going to be asking the judiciary to distinguish for us if administrative powers that are given to public officials can be exercised in an arrogant, arbitrary, and capricious manner as we're seeing the Minister of Communications do. The judges themselves have been affected. By by um, the illegality that the minister is seeking to conduct, and let me be very clear on one thing: in introducing me, you said I've be one of the people who's been asking for an extension. I'm not asking for an extension. I'm asking that common sense applies in the actions of the minister. Reason being, an extension will not fix the problem. Common sense will let you know that if you are saying that the only card that you would allow to be used for SIM registration is the Ghana card, then you must wait till the Ghana card has been issued to a overwhelming majority of Ghanaians, at least anywhere between 90 to 98 percent of Ghanaians. At this point in time, you have about 3.5 million Ghanaians who are eligible who have not received their Ghana card. You have the Ghana card in the hands of just about 70 to 75 percent of eligible Ghanaian citizens. How then do set a deadline. And that's why when she gave the last extension, I said, we will get to that so-called deadline she said, and it will still not fix the problem. And so I'm not asking for an extension of a deadline. I'm asking for common sense to apply. To say that if you say we can only use the Ghana card and show that Ghanaian citizens have Ghana cards, and let's ask ourselves, why is it that when we filed the suit for the nine citizens, within 48 hours, the NCA wrote to the NIA and asked them to produce the cards for those citizens who had since 2018 and 2019 been using for their cards. Within 48 hours, the citizens who were supported to go to court, the NIA called them, invited them, gave them VIP treatment, and handed over their Ghana cards to them. These are people who for almost four years have not received their Ghana cards. And so I think that is the only way the NCA and the NIA will work. Any Ghanaian who wants to get their Ghana card should not even really have their names. We will let our lawyers go to court. Maybe once we go to court, the NIA will call them and give them their cards. I mean, what kind of irresponsibility and 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 a of of, of seriousness is this on the part of state institutions?
6: Now, the NCA in filing its defense against the lawsuit says that uh, the people who went to court had deliberately refused to go for their Ghana cards. Where does this leave people like you who have argued against the move by the National Communications Authority?
8: Well, I will, I will, I will not litigate the case. The NIA should come and make that silly, silly, silly argument in court. And, and forgive my grace, that is a very silly argument. And it gets annoying when public officers who are paid with taxpayers' money want to arrogantly down talk on the citizens of this country. They should come to court and come and make that argument that the people who have found the case in court refused to go for their Ghana card. These are people who have evidence that they have chased their Ghana card since 2018. People who have traveled from outside a someone came from Koforidia to a car on six occasions. How do you say that, that person refused to go for their Ghana card? If you come to court, and come and make such a silly agreement. People have slips that have been given to them by the NI that says, come in December 2022. How do you say that an person has refused to go for a medical? End of the argument, they want to make. They should come to court and try make it, and let's see if the courts would regard that as as legitimate and and, and, and and coherent and logical. I mean, the the, the NCA should stop assaulting Ghanaians. They should stop treating us as though we are school children and, and, and they are headmasters and they are dictating to us. They serve the people of this country.
1: That's someone at George, member of Parliament for Ningo Pram Pram, and member of the Communications Committee of Parliament. Ellen has some other stories.
2: The Ghana Police Service has revealed that the two suspects who were arrested for their alleged involvement in the killing of a female at a residential apartment in Mankisim on Tuesday have been involved in ritual murders. The suspects, Michael Yabua, alias Nana One, and Christopher Echo-Clark, were remanded into police custody for killing and burying a female at a residential apartment at Sikafuambantem, a suburb of Mankisim in the central region. Fresh investigations by the police show that a second person identified as Gloria Yabua, a petty trader from Obokro, in Kumase was killed by the two suspects under the pretext of preparing her to travel abroad. The police revealed this development in a statement and added that Madame Yeboah's body had been found and subsequently sent to her family.
0: Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3 Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973 And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 With the hashtag Eyewitness News Get the, the details. Details, details, every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed.
3: Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Michael Obudulaceto for the details now. The Importers and Exporters Association of Ghana says prices of goods will continue to increase uncontrollably should government fail to reduce import duties. The association has revealed that there has been huge differences in import duties and taxes in the last 72 hours due to some differences in the exchange rate. Pegged by the Customs Division of the Ghana Revenue Authority, the further revealed that as of Tuesday, the 27th of September 2022, an exchange rate of 8 CDs 3 pesewas has been pegged to 9 CDs 5 pesewas, which will be due for adjustment on Monday, the 3rd of October 2022. In an interview with City Business News, General Secretary of the Importers and Exporters Association of Ghana, Samson Asakia Wingobed, said authorities must, as a matter of urgency, adopt pragmatic measures to ensure the these abnormal costs being incurred by importers, fit forwarders, and traders are mitigated.
1: If this is an
5: error, why not? They should reverse it back and, and let people I don't like. If
8: it's a reality that that is the true and reflection of what customers are giving, sanctioned by Bank of Ghana or the Minister of Ghana, then they're putting the burden on the business community that they cannot contain. Because many people will, are running helpless. They are helpless at the point at the moment. If they should come such an amount of money to pay the duty, how much are they going to sell? And that is how we are going to continue to see a trickling of of, 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 of price, decrement, every now and then. And that is not going to be well for the country, that is not going to be well for, for Ghana. As you speak, the fugitive power of Ghanaians is, is nothing to double my about. And so we talk you that the government should not, if government will not reduce taxes for the business community, government should not necessarily... I that, that, temperature
3: well. that was General Secretary of the Importers and Exporters Association of Ghana, Samson Asaki Awingobit. Now, the Ghana Revenue Authority will, from tomorrow, 1st October, 2022 begin the usage of certified invoicing system for the administration of value-added tax VAT in Ghana. Certified invoicing system is an electronic invoicing system certified by the Commissioner General in accordance with the VAT Act 870 as amended. Edward Appenting Jamara is the head of Domestic Tax Revenue Division at the GRA.
9: So, In our effort to improve on our compliance, there are a number of initiatives that the uh, Ghana Revenue Authority is doing. In our last meeting, we told you about some of the challenges we have in regarding our uh, VAT. And one of them we said was that it, uh, the VAT and the declaration that we are experiencing uh, has to do with under invoicing, mm-hmm. non-issuance of uh, VAT invoices, under and. The so forth. So then we started with the vigilation and the test purchase as one of the measures to uh, block in this loophole. On the long term, what we, we, we can do as a country to ensure that we get, uh, we get to know all the transactions that is going on in the country is to move into the electronic space.
3: That was Edward Apenting Jemera, who is the head of Domestic Tax Revenue uh, Division of the Ghana Revenue Authority. Now, a banking consultant, Dr. Rich Monitouahene, has lauded plans by the government to initiate a five-member committee to lead stakeholder engagements across key sectors of the financial sector as part of moves to protect the financial system. On Wednesday, September 28, Finance Minister Ken Oferiata announced a five-member committee consisting of prominent financial service professionals to lead extensive st- stakeholder engagements across all the key segments of the financial sector, including banking, asset management, pensions and insurance. This is coming following the probability that the nation may undertake a debt restructuring program. This, he says, is part of the government's ambition to protect the financial sector. Speaking to City Business News, Dr. Richmond Ituyahene indicated that the move, as it was, could help find solutions to Ghana's debt situation
10: totally support that because I believe it's a good beginning to have diversified people with expertise and competences to be able to look at this debt issue which is hanging on our head. I believe that that first five member committee, they are made of people with expertise and skills to look broadly, stakeholder meeting, to lead the discussion. It will be in a step in the right direction because it would imp- this would impact this debt risk-capling or whatever we are going to do, would impact on the entire economy, including the financial sector. It would be so to do get the people who are knowledgeable in these debt management and these uh, debt risk explaining the implications to people. If we do that, if we do this, that's what's going to be the point. All those things, if we are able to do it well, people would understand that a part of the process which will help us to make the system more transparent and also improve confidence in the system. My only worry is that if are we going to get a caliber of people who really, really, who can do it, if we can, or if he's able to appoint
3: them, fair enough. That was banking consultant Dr. Richmond Ituahine. Now players in the fintech space have lauded the announcement by the Bank of Ghana that defaulters of Momo loans stand at risk of being denied access to future credit facilities adding that it would help enhance Ghana's credit system. The BOG was report, reacting to reports that some individuals who have acquired loans through Momo platforms have deliberately refused to register their SIM cards in the ongoing SIM card registration exercise to avoid repayments of the acquired loans. Speaking to Business News on the sidelines of the launch of Core ID, Chief Executive Officer of the tech firm Isige Agwele expressed confidence that a move by the BOG could significantly reduce the rate of default, which remains a major challenge in the fintech space.
11: A lot of credit lenders actually build products on in our infrastructure,
8: um, and we know um, across Africa there's a lot of loss. Um, part of that, the reason for that loss is because there's no repercussion to not paying back. Um, So going back to what I said about enablement and enabling the ecosystem, documenting people um, and putting uh, them in an environment where they can't change their identity, number one, and then creating a a federated environment um, where credit can be reported um, and letting them know that you have to pay back your loans or it's going to be on your record and have impact is how the credit system or the credit lending system in the economy is going to grow. So I think it's a very, very powerful thing. It's something that has to happen. People will, unfortunately, have to learn some hard lessons about paying back um, but this is definitely um, going
12: in the right direction. I, it's, it's very exciting.
3: That was Chief Executive Officer of Tech Firm Core ID, Esige Agwele. Now, the Ghana Revenue Authority... The Ghana Grid Company Limited Grid Co. is still advocating the relocation of the Ameri plant from Abuazi in the western region to Kumasi in the Ashanti region. Following the takeover of the power production plant by government earlier this year, the government disclosed of its strategic plan of relocating it to Kumasi to improve the reliability of power supply in the middle and the northern sections of the power grid. But that has since not been done. Chief Executive Officer of Gridco, engineer Ebenezer Singh tells City Business News' outfit is looking forward to the relocation to save on transmission loss cuts in the power distribution sector.
13: With reference to transmission losses, based on how we dispatch the power. As to whether we are having so much from the west, I mean the Boade and enclave or from the Akratema area or from Akusumu really impact on the kind of losses that we are making. We are looking forward strongly to VR relocating the Ameri plant to Kumase. It is to us, a game changer, that will reduce our technical losses significantly. I know the gas pipeline that has been constructed ultimately can do about 600 plus megawatts in Ashanti region. We really want to see generators go. Normally, it's preferred that the generator is close to the load. Typically, it will be okay if I can get a generator close to your house. or But for both customers, it is better that you send it to the load centers. Accra is the biggest low center, when I say Accra, Accra, The next place is Kumasi and it environs. So when we get generation there, our technical losses will definitely go down. It will help with our voltages. Because the long lines that go to Kumasi carrying the big load, they consume some of the power on their own. OurS is not the one that people go and tap. It is the lines themselves that consume the power. So these are the things that we need to do to change the technical losses that we have.
3: Engineer Beneza senior is the Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Grid Company Limited. Finally, the Development Bank Ghana DBG has signed on to the United Nations Global Compact as part of the bank's efforts to strengthen its commitment and operations with a sustainable business and greater governance framework. The United Nations Global Compact is a United Nations pact which enjoins its signatories, mostly businesses and firms worldwide, to adopt sustainable and socially responsible policies and to report on their implementation. Chief Executive Officer of DBG Kwamena Duka explains further what the partnership means.
11: The main benefit of signing the Global Compact is that it's a public message both locally and internationally about the kind of bank that we want to be the standards that we want to adhere to and the governance that underlines everything that we do and why is that important? it's important because it gives us gravitas it gives us credibility it allows the stakeholders who have made investments in us, EIB, KFW, World Bank, and the FDB, it reassures them about the kind of bank that we're trying to build. And that becomes very important because as we go about our mandates, and our mandate is to transform local businesses, and our additionality is to provide Long-term city financing.
3: That was Chief Executive Officer of DBG Kwamana Duka. That's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News. It was powered by your most comprehensive business website, CityBusinessNews.com. My name is Michael Obudu. Thank you for listening. As always, please stay safe. Up next is Point Blank.
0: Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ct97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ct973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash ct973, with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
12: You were told there is no I've been to several places, like four or five, with this my colleague, so you just direct us here to come and check if we can get some credits here. you need the light just to sleep, then you probably you just have to relax when it's uh, restored, then you, because if you sleep in the evening, you don't need light to sleep, right? No, there is you know, There is hot. Even the rain is falling, the weather is cold outside, but when it gets in, it's hot. You can't sleep, you can't you know and the kids, they can't sleep, the heart is too much, the heat is too much. Seriously. We can we can't we can we can't face all these heat, you know. So if the issue persists longer than we all anticipate, what are you going to do? Seriously you see this problem, a lot of people turn back to connection. What kind of connection? Because before you get prepaid to buy you will suffer and some cannot enjoy it. They'll go and do connection. What kind of connection? They'll connect life together and use it because the, the system has already fucked up. So you mean illegal connection? Illegal connection, that's what I mean. Illegal connection. And when they get you, you'll be nabbed? Yeah, you'll be locked up. If they don't want that to happen in Ghana, they should solve this problem.
1: You heard the Ghanaian ECG customers complaining after days of challenges with reloading their meters. Charles Ayiku is the general manager in charge of external relations at the Electricity Company of Ghana. Mr. Ayiku, you're welcome to Point Blank on Eyewitness News. Thank you very much and good evening. Many people keep calling us and asking that they're uh, that they have challenges. We go to the vending points and people are queuing and cannot get prepaid. What exactly is the problem? What caused this problem?
14: Well, so thank you very much once again. And we'd like to sincerely apologize to our customers for the inconvenience caused to them uh, due to these um, challenges we've had with our network. So uh, we currently have a very uh, technical challenge with our systems, Uh, but uh, we've been able to resolve some of them. And they are now functioning. We should apologize. We are very sorry.
1: Okay. What nature of technical challenge was it? I mean, people want to know what happened. That, that's what I meant. What, that's the question.
14: Okay. So uh, some of our service um, and our systems went down. And this has to do with our pre-payment system. So it went down. Um, that was Tuesday evening. We were able to resolve but some were not responding, but later uh, some picked up. But yes, I think on sales day we had similar challenges, but uh, as we speak now, majority of them have been resolved.
1: Is it a software issue?
14: No, it has to do with uh, database systems.
1: Where database system means what? Your, your database cannot recognize some meters or cannot recognize all prepaid meters?
14: Um, they were not responding, they were not responding as we expected. And
1: this is nationwide,
14: as some of our uh, personal areas,
1: mostly major parts of the country. Because I've seen that you have Ashanti, Greater Accra, yes, Greater Volta Accra, region and all of that. In,
14: exactly. Some of these areas,
1: and you service half of the country, except maybe OT region is out. Uh, BA is out, and uh, Western region is out. Every other region is in there. Yes. Okay. We have been told that your system actually got hacked. Is that the truth?
14: I I don't have that information. I don't have that information.
1: Is this the first time you're having this type of challenge? Well, we've
14: always had challenges as as a system. You know, with uh, systems, they go down. Uh, sometimes due to um, several uh, causes, so sometimes they go down. I mean, sometimes you go to the the vending uh, stations and the system is down. It's slow. Yes, these are challenges that we we do face.
1: Didn't you anticipate this?
14: No, this was unexpected.
1: And and unexpected. it's and it's taking three days. That's that's a lot of time. It means that your technicians if, but, but are clueless on how the, to fix it?
14: No. <laughs> within these three days, we've uh, had a lot of the systems working. Which, had a lot of the systems
1: working. Which areas have you restored and uh, which areas have you not?
14: Okay, so can the customers um, in the Greater Accra, part of the Greater region, uh, Central region, Eastern, Western, Water region, part of Kumasi, part of Kema, are able to vent?
1: Okay, but we still have loads of complaints coming through, which means that you still have a lot of people that you have not sorted out.
14: That that is true. And it's also because uh, most of our customers are going to the third-party vending centers. What does that mean? It it means that um, from the district offices, you are able to vent, you are able to buy credit. But for the private vending centers, that's where we are yet to... Have the full connection
1: with them. So the this the small small shops we have in town where you can go reload or recharge your yes, ECG. which are
14: not ECG um, offices.
1: Okay, these ones are not. They cannot service. Yes. They cannot serve yes. customers
14: currently. Currently, we are we are yet to get the the system running up for these uh, third-party venue vendors.
1: Do you have any idea how soon before you get them back on?
14: Um, very soon. I mean, uh, I'm sure by close of uh, tonight, I I I just left the project office uh, moving to some other offices to check what is going on. But uh, from the information that I have, very soon, the third party building vel- centers should be up
1: Okay, so is it all prepaid meters that were affected or just some prepaid meters?
14: Some prepaid
1: meters. Is it some, some a specific type of prepaid meters that got hit or... It's general prepaid meters in these general areas. Well, so what I mean is that, is it the area that has been affected, or the type of meter you have in your house that would be affected?
14: Yes, some of the meters. Um, initially, we had issues with um, PNS. Um, we have issues with uh, even the clue, but uh, they are they are up and running. Just that for some, like the Nuri, the Nuri is active, but quite slow. So you find that all oh. well, as card comments are saying that when they go to the uh, digital offices, it takes a while before uh, they are able to process their uh, systems. Yes. So those are the challenges. But um, we've made very uh, significant progress and we sincerely apologize.
1: How about your apps? The mobile apps you have where people can recharge credit. What is the situation with that one?
14: Um, the app was um, okay, yesterday, part of today, it went down, but it, it has not been stable, as we speak.
1: Which means that people cannot buy from the vending centers, the private vending centers, and they also cannot recharge using their mobile phones.
14: Uh, as at this morning, I asked three customers confirming that they were able to use the mobile app, but some also confirmed that it went down. They could not vend using the
1: mobile app. Does it mean then that all your district offices are back online? Yes, all our district offices are back. They are working. So all your dis- and, and ECG district offices are different from the regular political district offices just so that we we understand. If if so, I so, if um, I understand you then it means
14: and district offices.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, so the district offices. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Now. So no, all where, these
14: where, where, where you find ECG district
1: Yes, I was. I was just explaining to my audience that ECG districts are different from the regular political districts. That's what I was just trying to oh, yes, explain. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's so, so that people price. can go to your district offices and go and buy the credit. Yes, please. What times do or what time does do these offices close?
14: It, uh, do they close?
1: Yes, so that if because I wanted to buy, they
14: close five pm. They close at five pm, but uh, we have um, an extension of our working hours um, throughout this weekend. So, tomorrow it opens at 9, close at 4, and then Sunday it opens at 9, close at 4.
1: All ECG because district we, we, offices we are opened.
14: Exactly. All our offices. Because if you clear all the backlogs.
1: Tomorrow and Saturday, Sunday. Yes, please. But you have closed for the day today.
14: Uh, for, for today, if we still have a customer in the queue, the customer will be saved.
1: At the district office. Yes, please. And tomorrow, people can come back at 9 a.m. through to 4 p.m. and for the two yes. days.
14: Yes, for the two days. And if you are in the queue and it's even 4 p.m., you'll still be saved.
1: Okay. I have a deep freezer in my house or a fridge where I have kept my food stuff. For the past three days, I'm having difficulties buying prepaid and it's not through my fault, but through the fault of ECG, I have tried consistently without success to recharge. Can I call the electrician in my... Actually, I have called the electrician in my area who has come to disconnect me through the meter and do what is called the illegal connection or the bypass. Have I wronged the law?
14: That's an illegal connection.
1: Yes, an illegal connection necessitated by ECG's Incompetence.
14: That's an illegal connection, Mr. Sander. That's an illegal connection.
1: So people
14: and 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 I, I also want to plead on on to our customers that the they should bear with us. Okay, we are very sorry, and we still apologize.
1: Do you not have a way of? Ensuring people get the power even if it has to bypass your meter temporarily while you fix your own challenges because it would not be fair to let people sleep in darkness, let people lose their foodstuffs. There are restaurants that have complained to us that their 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 food is going bad and all of that issue. Some cannot do business. Why don't you find a way of bypassing and giving the people power while you fix your internal challenges?
14: Mr. that that's an illegal connection.
1: No, I'm just saying, can't you approve of that illegal connection as a company?
14: Um, we cannot approve of an illegal connection.
1: So for now, people just have to wait until you fixed your, your, your issues.
14: understand that we fixed
1: the majority of the issues. We've
14: made very significant progress.
1: Do you hope by Monday that your vendors can also come back upstream or on stream because... Your district offices are just one in a whole district of ECG. Uh, people may not get the ECG to buy, they're prepared to buy in their locality. How soon before the vendors return?
14: Very soon, Mr. Sander.
1: Do we have a timeline and that I, we are working with?
14: I cannot give you a definite time, but very soon. Um, I'm moving back from my current um, location back to the project office, and I'm sure I'll give you some feedback before the close of tonight.
1: Okay. Someone Let's has PK Bouncer sent me a, a message on Twitter and he says that the app is problematic. He he's tried to buy credit using the app and it has not worked. So you may want to pay attention to that.
14: Yes. So as I indicated earlier, the app I I got I, two of our customers confirmed that they use the app to make purchases. And then later I got information that It was down from some customers, and we are working on it.
1: Okay. There are also issues of national security, where there are areas that this electricity is needed, and if all of them don't have power, they may be thrown in darkness, and and you know what happens in darkness. Is ECG having any discussions with national security to find... Some solutions of a sort in these neighborhoods where, because of the lack of power, they may be, they may be victims, or you are purely committed to looking for ways to get your power back, and that's all that matters to ECG for now.
14: No, please. No, please. Um, it has been part of our conversations with our stakeholders. We've had conversations with the national security. We've had conversations with PLC. We've had conversations with our TSOs and all regarding this. And I must confirm that a lot of measures have been put in place to salvage the situation.
1: What about compensation? Should customers expect some compensation of a sort? Um,
14: For now, we we, we cannot uh, provide any compensation. As as you are aware, um, we, we are going through some... Level of uh, challenges, so I would uh, plead that we 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 we'll conclude on that, and then we can look at the issue of compensation. But for now, there isn't any any conversation or any conclusion on that.
1: Thank you so much for speaking to us, and we'll return to you uh, in the coming hours and days uh, to check if you've sorted out the challenges. Thank you for speaking to us.
14: Thank you very much, and she apologized to our customers.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. That's Charles Ayuku, his general manager in charge of external relations at the Electricity Company of Ghana. Kofi Kapito speaks for Ghanian consumers. Uh, The Consumer Protection Agency is an agency that he heads, his executive director. Mr. Kapito, you're welcome to CTFM.
15: A good evening to you and your listeners.
1: I believe you've been following the challenges. I don't know if you have been affected yourself. This issue of purchasing of prepaid credit. Uh What what views are you getting generally across?
15: Uh, uh, let me just say that uh, I, uh, I sympathise with the customers who are confronted with this um, difficult situation. Uh, to no fault of theirs, uh, understand where easy stands. But ECG should know that if you deploy any system, this is a technical thing. This is not the usual power strategy or something like that. This is this is a, a system that they have introduced for Ghanaian consumers to be able to purchase uh, uh, credit or use uh, uh, in a better way. Unfortunately, uh, the system was confronted with some challenges. From Tuesday, and I was expecting that within 24 hours uh, it should be rectified. From Tuesday to today is Friday. So the excuse really doesn't hold water anymore. Because if you're telling me that you've identified what the challenge is, and you cannot correct it, and from Tuesday to Friday is not adequate uh, in our eyes, and then talking about compensation, uh, if it's not on the table, I think they better put it on the table because it's not fair. It wasn't too long ago that PRC came to ask Ghanaian uh, electricity people to pay, uh, people who, who use electricity, to pay this additional percentage. We have held our bargain. We are paying this new tax, and I think time has come for ECG also, to do what the contract between uh, us and them uh, 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 actually addresses.
1: Now they say that the issue of compensation. At least I just spoke to the official of ECG. There, he says that that's not on the table as yet. Um, why should we be compensated for a technical challenge that they don't have control over? You
15: know what, I mean? what do they don't have control over? The only thing they don't have control over is what is called force majeure. There is no force majeure. A machine. It's a man-made thing. Somebody put a machine together. Somebody should be able to fix the machine. So this is not a false majeure. So nobody should tackle themselves by saying that it is to no fault of this. They bear their fault because when you deploy any technology, I mean anybody would tell you that there should be a backup or a bypass, something to be able to correct challenges when you are confronted with. I mean, is it only Ghana that we are using technology? I get a little bit, you know, irritated when people try to take advantage of Ghanaians. The system that they they have, wherever that is coming from, ask them, the people there, when they face these challenges, and they're compensated. I'm not talking about cash. I'm talking about being able to give us some credit or some units back It goes a long way. It's a better relationship between the utility company and its
1: customers. I've seen lots of customers on social media vent and say that they may be forced to engage in illegal connections. I'm not advocating for that. I've just spoken to the ECG official, and he thinks that that should not happen, because if it does, it will be an illegality. And I've put a question... mm, Go ahead. I
15: don't know whether... He told you or explained as to what their plans are for the next 48 hours.
1: Yes, he said that he he said that their offices will be open from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. tomorrow and uh, Sunday to serve customers.
15: You see, my challenge or difficulty is this is an emergency. I was expecting them to work 24 hours around the clock, not to tell me that tomorrow, Saturday, your normal hours is from nine to two, so you'll give me extra two hours so I should be happy. Even today, their offices could have been open till maybe 10 o'clock at night just to move the traffic. You see, that is what people do for, 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 for your customers to show that you're thinking about them. I mean, they do have the workers. So I don't understand why they cannot even engage the workers to work 24 hours if they deserve some overtime. Pay them.
1: Very well. Let's leave it here. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you. That's Kofi Capito, he's executive director of the Consumer Protection Agency. Well, that would be it for Eyewitness News tonight. My name is Omaru Sanda Amadou. Production by Sami Wiyafi and Beverly, London. And the technical support from Daniel's fool. Eyewitness News returns on Monday at seventeen thirty GMT, inshallah. We'll be here with you. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.
0: City News, we speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959 and get interactive on Facebook, City97.3 FM and on Twitter at City973.